0: The Red 78 I just can't believe you've been positive for 3 weeks in a row, it must have been something
1: know, that's so out of <laughs> I can't believe it myself. I can't believe it Available
0: every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action, subscribe to the Rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Seba going on his own. he gets the try!
1: The Red 78 We're both monster people. Trevor gets over the line, try for Nobody knows monster Rugby better. Hello and welcome along, I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 50 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel And with me as always is Neve Briggs, Uh, happy 50th (laughs) Neve.
0: I actually just got a phone call there from the lads to bump up my salary because um, only I could manage you for 50 episodes Quinny It's
1: unbelievable
0: Um, Class isn't it? A little work husband.
1: It's unbelievable. But anyway, we've 50 episodes done. That's something, something to celebrate right before Christmas. Um, a very happy Christmas to everyone and all our listeners and all the people who get involved in the podcast. Um, we're going to get the fans' reaction in a second, but uh, Munster on the road on Sunday, 17-6 winners over in Northampton. Uh, that's something to celebrate as well. I think when we peel, peel it back and go through the performance and analyse it, um, there's certainly plenty plenty to talk about but pre-match and during the week um, you'd have certainly taken the result to get four points there I myself thought just after half time that there's a bonus point win on the cards here because they were very dominant in the first half and their whole body language and stuff was good but anyway we'll get into that in a minute so I put a tweet out yesterday and as ever we want you to be involved we always want the fans to get their opinions as well and to give them a voice so um, the tweet was about uh, analysing the performance and people's thoughts on it. and obviously looking ahead to Leinster we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end but uh, what was the reaction from uh, from the tweet?
0: Yeah hugely positive I think I think um, lots of people talking about great win on the road and, and how much uh, progress we're making uh, Joni Fitz great win on the road but far too many penalties given away We'll obviously chat about that in a
1: minute. That, a uh, lot of the, people are going to say that, aren't they?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. That was definitely uh, living on the edge. On yagal, great win from home, but I'm worried about the loss of John Ryan. I'm not going to tell you a word of a lie. My heart broke a little bit when that came out last week. Uh, Jerry Kay, I feel like there's a song in that. The defence in the second half was great to see. He felt the attack was over and back to pitch um, a lot without at times without major cutting edge. It's improving, but still a good bit to go. John Toohey, a uh, good win away from home. Lots of errors, what's new, but a brilliant defensive set in the second half. Leamy's getting the plaudits. Frisch is a major upgrade on all other 13s, both sides of the ball, and we know how hard 13-channel is to defend. thought he was exceptional defensively. Uh, Liam Sheehan, good win based on an amazing defense. Great to see Murray speeding up the delivery and becoming a playmaker. Back row could have collectively been man of the match. Crowley started well, but faded. Definitely worth another go. I've seen better refs at J1 level. Um, Matthew Sim's solid performance. Discipline let us down in the second half, but defence more than made up for it. Mike Haley, is there anything that man can do? I think if we've won player over the Van Graan era that seems to have transformed himself, has been definitely Mike Elliott.
1: Yeah, he's been superb in the last few weeks, and he seems to be um, growing in confidence, making good decisions. He's he's strong and physical. He's elusive with uh, um, his running, and um, he
0: breaks the, gap, the tackle line. Sometimes I'm screaming at the television or outside of practice to like, make the pass, but yet yeah, he always seems to break the tackle. And if you had any smarts about you as an opposite winger or a nine. You kinda of just trail him once he starts to go on a run because he's brilliant at getting his hands free. So if he if you just trail him and just leaves the ball up that's another few yards we're making all the time. So yeah, I thought he was I thought he was very good again. Uh, Dave Parks, great result. Never easy to get a win in Franklin's Gardens. Savage defensive effort from every single man. Ref was terrible for both sides, battled it by sending off for the sending off Jack O'Donnell for that route, but the Casey incident should have probably been a penalty try for Saints on a who different mindset on, on show Sunday, more bite about the team, back row are hungrier, full back really adding something good going forward. We have something to build on. Uh, Thomas Allen, the big worry is with player welfare. We'll be short of our starting fi- 15, which we need to compete with Leinster. We have lots of talent, but just not the finish article yet. We'll talk about that Leinster game in a bit and possibly who's available or unavailable. Uh, George H. Dunnan, not George, Jack Crowley at centre, is a great idea. Great footballer where needed his crew to get him out of jail a couple of times that otherwise could have been costly. Overall, the improvement from these friendlies in Musgrave Park is remarkable with clearly more to come. Really loved the aggression in defence, particularly from the back row crew. Coombs was immense and Hodden coming in as a wrecking ball was handy. Felt they brought way too much pressure onto themselves at the penalty count. Some very silly ones there, we need to fix that a couple of more uh, Joe great defensive sh- shift with Leamy's influence all over our attack line, attacking line of opposition 22 remains in at crucial moments injuries in the second row of the season possibly a cause but could have proved costly in tight game um, and then Tom going just for the last one in relation to um the game on Sunday win at Saints was massive we had intent in every play with or without the ball we defended our line like our lives depended on it for long periods in the second half we even got the rub of the green with the Casey instant stars Kevin Coombs he is a monster monster bullock Stephens Knight is already sold out the lads will give it a good go because Interpro Pride is at stake I don't think Lencer really like coming to torment ever so let's galvanise that emotion for another season with full on intent again and no small share of Munster Steel
1: I think Leinster of Leinster have liked coming to Thomond Park in the last couple of seasons. Mm. Unfortunately, it's 2018 since we beaten them. Uh, yeah, 2018 19 season. Um, I just have two here. Niamh. one from Gerard Hawk, and it's kind of relates to that. Will the Will Munster have any access? That will have have access of uh, to any of the Irish players? I think they will for the Leinster game. Um, the answer to that, Jer, is they will. Um, Johnny Fitz here, great win in the road, but far too many penalties given away. That's the common theme of all the tweets here um, mentioning how good the defense was, but the discipline was really poor. Um, And the referees mentioned a few times along the way there. So, um, yeah, I think the fans are pleased. I think everyone is pretty pleased. It's definitely glass half full still. Um, I think on the back of... It's a strange kind of a situation really when you think of um Munster getting a lot of credit last week for losing at home to Toulouse and then going away to Northampton it's kind of more 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 than 50 60 70% I would say are pleased but there's a there's an underlying little bit of frustration that they didn't kick on and 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 uh, have a lot more control in that second half but it's still a positive to be fair,
0: but the conditions Coming into the second half were absolutely... Like, they were tough going in terms of... The, it was lashing. Um, cool lashing. And it was very difficult to try and get... I felt like... Uh, that had been a dry day. Munster, Munster would have easily... I, I think, in relation to where Northampton are, Munster would have put four or five tries onto them there. I thought... I thought, actually, the weather became a leveller. And then it just went into an absolute... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say fest Like, it just came down into literally making a mess out of as much the breakdown as they could, which I thought they did exceptionally well. And then I just thought it was all kind of, I just think the referee lost his way a little bit um, in relation to, like, if if I'm playing, if I'm a Northampton player slash coach slash fan, I am fuming that Munster could give away so many penalties and have so many, like, in, in key areas and have um, so little, probably, retribution in relation to yellow cards from it. But also, if I'm Munster, I'm like literally going. That was an unbelievable performance of playing on the edge and just a little bit over it. Um, and if the referee's not going to police it, well... So, yeah, as a Munster fan, I'm happy. For it. Well, but as a monster fan, i be Munster,
1: Munster gave away 10 penalties, um, eight penalties last week against Toulouse yeah. and lost the game. And they gave away 18 this week and won the game. So...
0: And we're forever harping on you and I on this that if anybody gives over ten penalties, uh, double figures, they never win a game. Um, yeah, and, and, and I
1: believe that. Um, I think. I think. Um, just on the referee, I think um, not just the referee. I think he's he's assistants as well, and he's assistant referee, Uh There were three, four French guys. Um, the team. So you know, he only well, jumped in there. Was,
0: all, he only got appointed there on Thursday.
1: Yes, so I do. The actual, yeah, yeah do the referee's bullet. So, yeah. So, I think um, this isn't a case of. Um, we we mentioned Christoph Ridley a bit last week and some of the decisions he got wrong in Thompson Park. I think Munster, at times, you could easily say they were very fortunate that they didn't have more people in the bin. They had three yellow cards in the game in that second half. Uh, Craig Casey's one should have been a penalty try. The crossfield mm. kick, he takes the player out in the air, and I think that was a big let off. Um, and if that went, if that brought the score line to possibly 18-13, well, then it's it's a lot more panicky it's for Munster at that yeah. stage. If they obviously they've got to kick the conversion from, well, they would have if it's a penalty they, try. No, there's yeah, no conver- there's no conversion. Yeah, sorry, it's it's up to thirteen points. So you you're ahead by five points, and then it makes it very very strange and difficult for. the for the last period of the game. On, so I on think- the flip
0: of that, how Proctor was in yellow carded for that outrageous clean out of um Keith Earls in in that kind of scuffle or that <laughs> row. That was so dangerous. Completely flying off his feet. Like that's a rip breaker. And how Ludlam and Walter McCall didn't get anything D- more than the yellow Ribbons. card for for strangling John Ryan. You can visibly see his elbows down on top of his on his throat like and he's watching this on the screen and I just yeah I, I thought um,
1: it, yeah, it, kind of it was summed such up a the,
0: French thing wasn't it just, it, it, just, it kind just of summed players. up the
1: lack of control I think whatever yeah. about Jack O'Donogh having the scuffle and he's taking on two players I think he's holding Ludlum down on the ground initially it starts with a bit of pulling and dragging um, there's two guys then on, on Jack O'Donogh John Ryan comes in just as a peacekeeper really he doesn't come in throwing any sort of punches or anything and then when Dave Ribbons grabs him around the neck like that, they knock him onto the ground and there's two of them. And I thought that was a disgrace. And I thought that should have been dealt with. I also agree with you on the Matt Proctor one running from distance. Keith Earls and Mike Haley joined in to protect their own players, not just to, to go punching. And the way Proctor went in should have been an immediate yellow card for him the way he entered that. An immediate yellow card. He should have been gone before the referee looked at anything and got into uh, major detail. That's the first decision he should have made. Um, I think Dave Ribbons was very, very lucky not to be going to the bin as well for grabbing John Ryan around the neck like that. And listen, at the end of the day, nobody was hurt and there was no... Uh yeah. I think you can be very subtle with the the holding players down and the elbow it's it's I just hate to see that. I'd rather see two guys throwing punches at each other mm-hmm. uh, on when they're standing because you can't protect yourself like that so but look in in his defense, I think he got overawed the referee and Munster got away with some things, but then there's three or four penalties that you could look at that really? that were like Tygburn through the middle of the mall. Yeah. there was nothing wrong with that. he penalized him. Gavin Coombs was perfectly legal to poach a ball. He penalised him. Mike Haley, he said that he there was no clear release. Mike Haley wasn't a tackler. He was uh-huh. quite entitled yeah. to to go and poach the ball. So there's definitely three or four that he could have scratched off. But <clears throat> there's I thought Monster were very naive in not playing the referee in that period of time. In the sense that, well, you, maybe they could argue and say, well. We did play the referee because we were confident we could just keep defending. But they could have had more players in the bin at different times. Eventually, obviously, Joey Carberry goes for the those offsides that were that were there was a couple of them penalized for um assistant referees calling them as well. So <clears throat> they need they didn't they needed to be better there. They needed you know, and they came up with good defensive shift there, turning the ball over and they kicked the ball outside the twenty two. Northampton on the attack again penalty from them all um, you know just, just there was a couple of really really stupid it was kind of
0: a, a vicious circle at times well, j- when you do
1: something good and you defend and you kind of you, you galvanise a group and you defend really well and then you get out a little bit and then straight away when they attack again you're giving away another penalty you're giving them an easy option just to kick the ball down the touch line and you're down to your five yard line again, and it's it's hard, it's difficult in there. You've got to be squeaky clean. So um, a couple of them went against them, but they should have been better on 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 other occasions. Is there anything different as a coach? That while we're on the discipline, and we'll go on to the positives and the negatives in a little bit more detail. As a coach, if you were go- analyzing that game, neve and what what can you do different there? Is it a mindset thing of just they panicked a little bit? or is it just stupidity or is it technique or what is it around
0: I, the penalties yeah I, I, I 100% think it was a case of um knew that they were under severe pressure knew the referee had no control so were happy enough to kill the ball or infringe to stop momentum because there was a few times that um Northampton had big enough overlaps um on either side of the rock and therefore now Northampton completely played into to monster stands by the way like these one-out runners it was it's a like target practice from Munster, but, uh, you know, that's what you'd be doing. I, I do think it was the case of they literally were just like, "We can get away with this. So let's just keep killing it, keep killing it, keep killing it. Let, let, let's stop any momentum. Now, from a coaching point of view, you'd be going in on Monday morning, you'd be saying, OK, target's on your back now from a refereeing point of view for this week, we've got to be extra clean. So we have to paint really, really good pictures. So we have to either choose what breakdowns we go into, choose whether we go past the ball, choose, you know what I mean? So, like do, you if give, do you
1: give an extra half a metre at the, at the at the hindmost foot? Because I can understand the 50-50 going for the breakdown and poaching and, you know, th- those things can happen. But there was probably three or four offsides uh, at the, around the fringes of the breakdown, offsides in midfield. So th- th- are they the fixable ones where you say, give an extra yard, it's not worth it? Why are we giving away the penalty? This team are not going to hurt us with attack, but we'll keep giving them away. So, I, I, maybe yeah, that, you, that's my suggestion that you try and give yeah, an extra half a You'd be smarter
0: breakup. about it as well. So, for the first, you know, defensive couple of defensive sets, you just you're 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 really clean, like so, everything is at half a meter. Then you just have give the referee a perception that you're here, you know what I mean, you're abiding by every law and you're you're you're, you're you know, you're really, really good, and then as. You know, the match progresses, you start to actually creep up. Loads of teams do, it because they start to go, well, you we painted this sort of picture. You might get a penalty for an offside, and then you have somebody very clearly loudly saying, That's okay, just give you know what I mean, around the referee, and you start trying to put thoughts into his head that you're 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 kind of you're abiding by everything that he wants. Okay. You know, you would often see like a penalty for not roll away, and then two minutes later you'll see an exaggerated roll, and you'll hear a referee over a ref mic saying, Great role or good exit. That's all you're looking to do. You're you, you, know you, so, you
1: make a very valid point about the referees and the perception of 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 teams who are, are their discipline is really good. I don't think Munster are an ill disciplined team and giving away multiple stupid penalties in every game. But I think they're giving away silly, soft ones that they need to be better on. And I think that does the referees look at that. So while we're on the negatives, that's the big negative: the eighteen penalties. Um and they there's been a couple of matches this year where Munster have given away far too many penalties. So I think it's something that needs to be looked at and it needs to be better. While we're on the negatives of a brilliant win in a sense and a brilliant four points on the road in Europe, um what other, you know, okay, I'll give my top and sword here. Some of the handling errors. Um I think the line out uh probably not scoring enough in the first half when they made some half breaks and they were in good positions and their shape and detail seemed to be good. When they got down into that kind of um, green zone or the 22, Northampton's 22, I thought they should have scored more and they, they kind of turned the ball over a couple of times. They had 10 turnovers in the game. Um, so I would say, and then probably after halftime, the handling errors and lack of control. For me, they're the negatives. I think they're where they need to be a little bit better a little bit miserly the way they protect the ball. Um, and I know we have this ambition of, and the team are showing it, of being a bit more braver, trying to keep the ball alive. But there has to be a time where you've got to control the tempo in the game. And I think that's the next step for this group where they're a bit more ruthless about how they they're uh, you know wear opposition down. And I just thought the couple of turnovers there, particularly after half time. Um, I think Tygburn had one. Jack O'Donoghue had two, possibly, which kind of, um, they're uncharacteristic ones because they're not, it's not as if their their hands are not good, both those players. But I just thought they were a couple of negatives for me. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I no, probably agree. I, I still think the, the line out has to, you need to, we need to use that as a weapon. And we can't do that at the moment because it's, it's not as consistent as it needs to be. So if you look at the top teams, the Lancers, the, uh, La Rochelle, these guys, they when they get into a 22, you can almost say, look, that's that's practically going to be a score or close to it because they're so ruthlessly efficient and um, from, from a lineup point of view and um, in the opposition 22. And probably the other one too is is is, is I agree with you is you know now we've got to start seeing the you know the next phase of, you know, once they get those line breaks that we become ruthless and finish them. And I think you're dead right. We had a lot of possession and territory in that Northampton 22 in the first half. And we just, we didn't come away with the, you know, the maximum amount that we could have come, in, could come away with. And I think from that point of view, that's just another really good work on for for Mike Prendergast and, and that crew. I think from a defensive point of view, they were so, so good. And, and it's funny, you know, I was I was thinking about this last night when we were, when and knew we were coming on today, I was just thinking about the, the penalty trends. So over the first few URC games, the majority of penalties that once we were given away were at the breakdown in relation to the attack. Now we're seeing it on the opposite side of the ball. And I think a big, probably a negative for me, and I know it was really difficult in relation to the, to the conditions in the second half, but I feel like we afforded... um Northampton, easy opportunity, easy entry points into the 22 through our discipline and our poor handling, but also to the fact that we kicked a lot and we didn't put them under pressure with our kick or our kick chase at times. And I think we were happy enough to allow them. And look, it's kind of twofold. In conditions like that, is it easier and better to not have the ball, just defend, 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 knowing that you're safe in that defence? Or. Should we have been a little bit more savvy in relation to our management and tried to hold on to the ball a little I bit? I
1: think that's, that, that's the key for me, is just picking your moments a little bit better, Yeah, I think. And that's something where they need to learn, um, how do I control the ball a little bit better in those periods? Like after half time there, just <clears throat> don't force the pass. Maybe maybe go back to a few one-out runners. Maybe just force a penalty, make it 26 Um Get, just squeeze the life out of the opposition. So I think they've just got to learn to get that control right a little bit better. And and as you say, not give the opposition easy, easy opportunities to clear their lines, make them defend for a long period of time. And, and, you know, when you're defending good teams who defend well, and they come up with a big turnover after 10, 15, 20 phase, whatever the case may be. And that's a moment of of getting a huge lift where you win the penalty and you kick it down the touchline then and then you're on the attack it deflates the opposition so look it takes a bit of time it takes quality right across the board it takes international class um and we know monster are still in their development a lot of these players are you know really finding their feet and getting their confidence up so look there's 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 issues there and there's negatives there the positives um <clears throat> the way they started the game the physicality the intent, the body language, the energy, the shape that they brought. I thought the scrum was, was good. Um, and individual performances, then I think, you know, obviously they scored two tries in the game. Northampton didn't score any. Monster rode their luck a little bit. The first time
0: out. in 50 weeks, Mon- Northampton didn't score a try in Franklin's Gardens.
1: I thought their attack was really poor and the conditions yeah, didn't help both sides. I think you you, may, you hit the nail on the head. Both sides would have preferred the game uh, a dry ball and no rain. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> they're big positives. I think the mentality, I think there seemed a little bit of a shape and a little bit of an edge in the team. And again, we saw positive signs of. of to where they're trying to attack, and there was great opportunities in that first half. They didn't take those opportunities, but I think you know they're good. They're they're good to watch now, Monster. And I think it was quite frustrating for people watching or people Monster fans at the game in that second half that they couldn't. Uh, they had to absorb a lot of pressure. Obviously, a huge positive is the defense, and all the fans and tweeters are saying that. Like that, you can build stuff off that. So when they're analysing this game. It has to be a big positive right up at the top. It's strength, resilience, uh, work rate, honesty, all those kind of things come into play there and real pressure. But, you know, they missed a lot of tackles. Um, 19 missed tackles. Northampton missed five tackles. So I know,
0: but flip that. Hold on a second. In terms of what was the, do you have the possession stats there?
1: Yeah, I do. So we'll have a quick run through the stats because we've got to move on to individual performance mm. in the start of the week. Uh, Northampton 56% possession. Uh, Monster obviously 44 and territory 59, Northampton 41 you could flip them over Munster had that 60-70% possession the first half and territory as well so it was a complete role reversal in the second half
0: I I think I think the fact in relation to missed tackles I think look they'll definitely be probably frustrated with them but if you look at the amount of possession that uh Northampton had. Um, and the amount of the times they were happen. running
1: at them, yeah, and that's Yeah, it. yeah. And it was For like
0: sure. one out tackles. So and to be fair, those missed tackles, very few of them I'd imagine we're in 22. I'd actually have to go back and watch that now again because it's more when they're out the out the park and they're they're rushing so hard off the line and there's 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 more space. Can I just give you my, my one of my positives. Um you know the way I we were speaking last few weeks about um the setup now off an edge we know that there's a good rock and and you know, a pod and a second pod. And it's kind of when they get out to that kind of behind the back from that second pod. And, you know, that that, that kind of hard runner, which has been Jean Klein, actually, for a period of time. And we're not getting really the best of it because we seem to have a lot of knock-ons. In the first half, for me, he made... So we we hit up and then it goes to another pod and it goes out the back to Joey. And he literally just hits. Sean Klein coming on a really, really hard line. And all of a sudden he's into open space and he gallops. That for me is a little evolution of where we have been for the last few weeks. They're starting to put those little parts in, um, you know, in relation to maximizing that space out there, but also creating a little bit of havoc. And now, what's going to happen is defenses. Once we start to get that more consistent, defenses on the inside won't be able to rush up as hard, and therefore we might we we get more kind of change out of those hard carries in the inside. So, I just thought there was a little, we, we started to see another little part to that. Um, which I felt was really
1: really good okay that's on 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 the performance, the positives and the negatives um plenty of both um but the biggest positive is the result. they won 100%. the game, and that's important so um uh let me see where we are in the pool B um yeah Munster are. 6th Pool B on yeah. five points. So LaRochelle are top on nine points. So um I think obviously stating the obvious with Northampton coming to Thomond Park in January, that's a must-win game. Possibly, dare we say it, you know, five pointer if if they get their performance right, but you can't think that way, um, certainly publicly, but if they get to nine or ten points, you think they have a chance of making their own sixteen um and then they they go to toulouse in the, in the last game with uh not a free pass but a little bit less pressure obviously they've got to beat Northampton and um it just depends what, where they're sitting and how they get on through their Christmas fixtures as well. But, uh, an incredibly important win. Um, start of the week and te- some of the team performances, I think, um, before we kind of announced the start of the week, um, I thought obviously Mike Haley was really good again. I thought Calvin Nash had some really big moments and you mentioned a player who's, um, seem to have grown in confidence, which is Mike Haley and his performances are shown that. I think Calvin Nash um yeah. has become a very important player for this team now. Uh Anton Frisch was superb again defensively. Jack Crowley had some mistakes. Um I yeah. would I persist with it uh, as a twelve? Yeah, to have him on the field um definitely. Um he he did make some mistakes and uh but I think it was it was, uh, you can't just kind of change it and don't, and not go again. The whole back row and, and J- John Hodnett when he came on as well were superb. Tyke Byrne obviously got player of the match and the front row, you know, so across the board, it's hard. You wouldn't be picking anyone out saying, well, they did a really bad game. Um, no. I thought a lot of, a lot of good performances and, the, and the impact off the bench was, was really good as well. Just, so, just uh, in relation
0: to that, Jack Crowley, um, I would 100% persist with that. I actually do think. I, it was almost like he thought or maybe he had a perception in his mind this was the only opportunity he was going to get this year because it was like as if he was trying exceptionally hard to make things happen. You give him another opportunity and you just tell him, just do the basics right, everything else will come. You, you I think we'll see the, the Jack Crowley that we know and like. he's ridiculously talented footballer it was almost like he was trying to make things happen every time he got the ball and I I think that if Munster persists with him at 12 then we've got to use Frisch Moore as a big ball carrier because I I think sending uh, Jack Crowley down the channel running into big huge back rows Um Probably don't get the best out of him. So if we look to use Frisch as that big runner, and then at least then you know we're freeing him up. But um, yeah, I, I I still think there was lots of good moments from him too.
1: Okay, who's your star of the week then?
0: Um, my star of the week is Gavin Coombs. I thought he was exceptional. Um, I. I think this was his best game work rate wise for Munster and I do think that that's something he's definitely got to try and continue to get better at and work on but he 25 tackles um, an incredible amount and I saw a thing on uh, that up the Johnny you know on Twitter there the other day and it was the most by any Munster player in the competition so if Gavin Coombs work rate matches a CJ Sander work rate and I think Gavin Coombs is probably better on the ball to a certain extent, in terms of his, he's got an ability to use footwork and and use and and pass. Then we could end up having an unbelievable player at number eight. And I just think and
1: he he had a bit of a dip in form. Um, yeah, didn't he, in, he was in, injured in
0: and stuff as well. So and he had a tough November, when not he? Do you know what I mean? Like he, he he didn't have a great game against the All Black, A and then uh, was sent back to Munster. So that would have been tough for him, I'd imagine. But that's that's a way to respond. I thought that was I thought he was. Um, I thought he was really, really good, as was all the back row. But I just thought his work rate for me, was something that I've I've questioned before. Um, do we see enough of him? Do we see enough of those big moments from him? And I thought we saw it on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it was an outstanding performance for him and a little bit of an edge as well. And um, I'm sure it's something that uh, the Munster coaches will will talk to him about is just that consistency. And and it's probably the key Um for him because he's uh, he's so big, strong, physical, just needs more m- moments in the game as regards, you know, his big strength, his ball in his hand. And we saw the try over in Edinburgh when he gets in a little bit of, if he gets a, a mismatch or gets running at backs, he gets over the gain line. He still does it even when he, he's around the, the kind of fringes and he's taken on forwards. Um, He's very, very... Elusive and powerful and can score a lot of tries. So to score two tries, I think, um, most of his tries are picking, go- picking goes. Um, he got one of them, but I, I love the, the bit of ingenuity from, from Munster with the peel around the line out. And he got, you know, when he's running at, um, Finn Smith was, um, it was a brilliant uh, performance for him and he deserves to be Star of the Week this week. So well done to Gavin Coombs. I know that all the monster players tune in here and they're, they're waiting with bated breath to see who Star of <laughs> the Week. No, yeah. uh, it was good. It was important for him and I think he needs it. He needs to grow now. No doubt, um, whether it's right or wrong, you know, a lot of these players will be judged on, on what happens on St. Stephen's Day and that's the big one, really. So the block of games has been, uh, you know, it's been... Largely positive. I think South Africa, Edinburgh, um, Toulouse obviously was a bit of a disappointment, but getting the losing bonus point about uh, against a brilliant team, and then winning against Northampton really important. So it's been a, a you know positive number of weeks because we've seen an evolution the way they're playing. Um, this is the big one against Leinster. You know it's been. Over four years, it's I don't know how many fixtures is is it now that they, you know, they haven't won in in a number of long time against. Obviously, they won that that Rainbow Cup game in the RDS, but I think it's seven seven or eight league games now, and um, that they've lost against Leinster on the trot. Um, can they do it on Sun on Monday? And uh, if so, what do they have to do against against uh, a brilliant Leinster squad? Because we don't know. Yeah. I think what we're hearing and what I'm hearing is it'll be, you know, Munster will try and keep a similar team uh, to what they've played in the last couple of weeks. Obviously there could be one or two changes here and there, but there'll be, there won't be wholesale changes. Leinster have the luxury to make seven or eight changes or 10 changes and still have a very, very strong side. No matter what side Leinster send down, it's going to be very, very difficult, but, um, if Munster are to kind of break the duck and win one of these league games, um, which would be very timely, I think, for, for what they're trying to do and, and what they're trying to build, how how are they going to do that, Niamh?
0: Yeah, I think um, a couple of things. I think Big one for me is they've got to be more efficient in terms of, you know, have a ruthless edge because against a team like Leinster, anytime they, they have a scoring opportunity, they've got to come away with at least three points every single time. I don't think they can afford to pass up opportunities through inaccuracy or uh, in discipline. And I think that's going to be, that's a huge thing for me. I think they've got to really um, be efficient in relation to getting into that power zone. And, and on a flip of that, I don't think they can afford to allow uh, Leinster entries like they have done over the, you know, since the Northampton game, and, and to a certain extent the Toulouse game. I think that they've um, they've got to shore up that out, that defense outside of their own ten meter line. I think um, to to not allow line breaks or or discipline to give them easy access in there through penalties. So they're probably two of the biggest things for me, um, and. Th- th- the defensive stuff is definitely fixable. I, do, I don't know if the attack shape is there where it needs to be yet to be that ruthlessly um, efficient, like a Leinster are. I think that that we're still a little bit away from that. But I, I just think that if we continue with the intent that we've done over the last number of weeks, um, you know, hopefully, I think that you know we can go and put out a good performance. I look. I just think Lencer are the outstanding team. <laughs> in this hemisphere. Um, I'd say they're only matched in World Rugby by Canterbury Crusaders and I think um, us measuring ourselves of winning and losing them, against them at the moment, I don't necessarily think it's very good for us and I know it's going to kill you to say, to say that because you grew up and you you lived off those, those inter-pros and I just think they're so far ahead of everybody, not just us, that um, I think we just got to concentrate on ourselves. So discipline, discipline, um, Defensive lack of entry or denying entry uh, through defensive um um play and um and just being a little bit more ruthless in terms of um when you get into their power zone.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I'm gonna count out the league. Um obviously this it's painful to read it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine league games. Now there's uh two semi finals in there a final and uh the rest are league league matches. So it's nine nine league matches um since the last time Munster won won one of the league games. I mentioned the Rainbow Cup game that Munster won twenty seven three in the RDS um, in the in twenty twenty one. Um so it doesn't make for uh for good reading and it shows how dominant there you make a very valid point that you know the reality is um even when Leinster's backs are to the wall. And we saw that with the, the Ulster match uh two weeks ago when Keane Healy was sent off, there were 21, three down or 22, three down and they come back and they win the game and they dominate. I think they have so much confidence and self-belief. And that's the template that you, you'd love to see Munster building towards. And that's why I was kind of referencing that ruthless mentality of making good decisions when you're under pressure and, just taking away the, the opposition's energy, they're a brilliant side of doing that. And uh, there was probably moments in a lot of those games, particularly the ones in Tolman Park in the last couple of seasons, where where there was moments there where they were pretty ruthless, where they they nudged they nudged their way ahead. And uh, yeah. even that league, league game last year, I think Munster had a penalty just before half time uh, missed the penalty, and they went down the field and Leinster kicked one and and. You know, they, it was a six point swing really quickly mm-hmm. and they scored a try. And, you know, after the after the second half, Leinster just starts nudging away at the score and and kicking the ball down the middle of the field. And Munster didn't have any answers. They couldn't get out of their own half and uh were really ruthless then when Munster kicked a touch and you know, they punished them and showed their quality. So um incredibly powerful side with with a great balance. And but I nearly say this every time when Munster play Leinster um, it's nearly time isn't it (laughs) Neve? it's nearly time if we keep predicting uh, that Munster will win and I've done it a fair few times although I've predicted Leinster will win a lot of these games in the last couple of years a few times I've said oh well maybe this is the one maybe this is the one I have a good feeling but um, you think there's a there's a chance here really there's more of a chance 100% Given that um, you know they've they've improved their confidence a little bit and the way they're playing, so you think Munster could potentially you know cause Leinster problems in attack, and obviously their forwards have got to step up and and create a template for them to do that. But um, I feel that this one is there's there's more of a chance, but there's always a but, isn't there? With Leinster, they just find a way all the time.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, I think from you know this is the first time this coaching ticket um, will have you know been in charge and facing Leinster and obviously playing such a different way to what Munster have been playing for the last few years. It's always a chance, and you know Leamy knows the inside in uh, info air, and he'll the definitely first, the have first
1: it. time at home. At home, obviously they played the one in the yeah. Sorry, that's in, a Yeah, uh, in, in October.
0: Yeah, but like I—that's what I meant. Sorry, and like you know, Limi will have a if if fringe players come in for Leinster, Leme will have an idea of them, and that'll be great. So, um, yeah, look, there is always a chance, Quinny.
1: Yeah, it'll take a win. mammoth effort and a yeah. real—you've got to be switched on—and and it's a great test for them. Um, let's hope that um, they're in the mix and and they get a performance. Um, it still may not be good enough against the very good Leinster side, but fingers crossed and. Uh, um, I just think any other little bit of news is, the, well, the news from last week is obviously John John Ryan is gone. You mentioned it. Um, that's really disappointing and uh, I suppose you can understand he was frustrated and really disappointed that he was let go on the first place. He's come back and he's been very professional and I think he's done a really good job um, and it's disappointing that he is going, but it's a new challenge and it's an opportunity for him to play yeah. in Super Rugby and go to New Zealand. So we wish him well in that uh Nile Scannell we've got to mention he's 150 cap on Sunday so that's yeah. a big milestone for him and I think Nile Scannell's form in the last couple of weeks is has been very good so um we've got to say congratulations to Niall Scannell the new contracts from last week Andrew Conway Jack Crowley Jack O'Donoghue have all signed new two-year contracts which is um good news again I think that's important um that you know a lot of these players now are buying into what the coaches are trying to do and there's a bit of continuity obviously they have got to try and start add, adding some quality and
0: but the big one for me there sorry for interrupting you is um, Andrew Conway so obviously we haven't seen him this season and nearly there and then he gets a little setback or whatever there's obviously a thought process behind it that he's not too far too far away to be to be able to give him a couple of year contracts so that's great because Munster miss him. I think he's been um he's been, and I know Calvin Ash and Daly have done really, really well, but um Andrew Carter is an international player and he's got X Factor and um yeah, so he he'll just he'll add more impetus to that to that attack. So um no, that's great. Pe-
1: people keep asking me uh very regularly <laughs> what's the story with RG Snyman. But the news is good. I think it's more positive. Um and obviously, it's been a long, drawn-out saga, and it's very frustrating for the player. And Munster fans would love to see him back. So I think the news is pretty positive. I think he's got good reports on on seeing the the specialists again last week. So we may see him the end of January, start of February, which would be wonderful. Um, hopefully, we can get him, get him back in action, and uh, he could make a real difference, um, particularly with. URC um qualification, the importance of that and we don't have to remind um you know the listeners aware Munster have obviously they're in a better place um the last couple of weeks and they're up to uh eighth in the league, isn't it? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's um it's a better better picture, but that can change very quickly. There's a couple of teams have games in hand. And uh, league points are really, really important. So even though Sunday is an incredible derby, b- the biggest derby in in in, in Ireland, I think, um, possibly in Europe, um, it's right up there being mentioned how big it is. There's, there's league points at stake and Munster desperately need to get them because they've an incredibly difficult trip away to the Belfast the week after as well. So anyway, uh, the busy couple of weeks continue for the players. Um, so that's it for episode 50. Uh, of the red seventy eight all wrapped up. Um make sure to make sure you get your podcast straight, to your phone every week, just search the red seventy eight or send us a tweet, uh leave a comment on YouTube. And uh anyway, hopefully everybody has a lovely, lovely Christmas. And to all the Monster fans, our listeners, uh happy Christmas. Hopefully we'll get some festive cheer in, in, in Tonman Park on St. Stephen's Day and happy Christmas to you as well, Neve.
0: Happy Christmas, Quinny. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd
1: like to think I know a lot.